All right, we ready for the word of God? Amen. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 13, it's in the YouVersion app. The Lord took hold of me. <clears throat> I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. How many are grateful for that hope? I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. Doesn't matter how bad your circumstances today, I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, when this happens, not if it happens, not it might happen, but when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you on the subject, when dry bones rattle. When dry bones rattle. I realize that's more reading than some people do in a whole year. So thank you for bearing with me. Last week, we were in the book of Amos. Talked to you about how there was a message of restoration that came to the people that, that, that God could take two leg bones and, or a piece of an ear. And he could take that and restore it and make it good. Uh, that was in the book of Amos. Today we're in the book of Ezekiel, and we see a, a complete desolate army. We see a, a, a nation that is in need of God to intervene. And, and the interesting part is that we look at Amos, and that as we look at Ezekiel, it's two different times, two different eras that, are, that this is occurring, but it points to the same problem that is taking place. God's people just couldn't seem to get it together. One day they're up, one day they're down, one day they're hot, one day they're cold, one day they're yes, one day they're no. 
it, they just couldn't get it together. They, they would go and worship idols, then they would come back and turn their face to God. And all of a sudden, we see what is taking place in Amos it is a reoccurring theme throughout the Old Testament. And we see it here in Ezekiel. And while I'm on this, have you ever had to deal with one thing, got over it, and then faced it again? Have you ever had maybe an addiction that you were able to crush and overcome it and then it come back uh, after some time? Have you ever had maybe a, a bad habit that you were able to conquer and all of a sudden it comes back and stares you right in the face? It was the same problem, but it was a different time. God's people found themselves isolated. They found themselves without any hope, without any encouragement to be able to see the next day. So God brings up this man that we know as Ezekiel, this prophet whose name means God strengthens me. And through dreams and visions, God speaks to him and Ezekiel communicates this message to the people. But perhaps his most recognized vision one that even many who have not read the Bible, many that have not attended church, many that have never walked in the church doors, the one of the visions that they're able to be able to understand and be able to recollect is, this, is the story that we've read today, the story of Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. It is a valley filled with lifeless, dry, sun-bleached bones that have been there for some time. And through Ezekiel and through this scripture, we understand that God revealed the condition. The vision revealed Israel's conquered and crushed condition in captivity. But it also revealed its restoration. It revealed its fallen state and its restoration. Aren't you glad for the and in your story? Aren't you glad for the and in your story? Maybe you're somewhere in between that. Maybe you haven't experienced it to its fullness. But I, I'm glad for the ands in my story. I'm glad that, that they can say he went through it and uh, he came out better. I'm glad that they can say she went through a tough time, but she overcame and she overcame. Or, or they went through a rough patch and they saw God's hand move in their marriage and in their family and in their life. I'm grateful for the ands. I'm grateful not only for the struggle, but I'm also grateful that there is an and that says, and they were victorious and they were healed and they saw God do something something great like never before. I'm grateful and maybe in this place today you find yourself in a struggle. Maybe you find yourself through heartache. Maybe you find yourself in a, in a weak and, and vulnerable state. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to declare that there is an end to your story. That if, that if you're still alive, that if you're still breathing, God is not finished with you yet. Yeah. You need to tell yourself God is not finished with me yet. God is not finished with me. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know how I'm going to overcome. I don't know when I'm going to overcome, but I know that the God that I serve, he is faithful. And that if he, say, if he brings me to it, he will take me through it. Amen. This is a vision that is to and 
directed to the people of Israel in Ezekiel 37, but I do believe there are some applications, spiritual applications that we can, can, that we can note and that we can, that we can apply to our own lives. What is taking place here is a progressive condition. It is not just something that happened. It is not just something that happened. It is something that has been going on and on and on. And there, there has been some time. The bones had been there for, for quite a while. We understand uh, through the different stages of decomposition that you would know that this was not something that just took place. But for the bones to be there lifeless without any skin, we have to understand that there was some time. And maybe some of us here today are dealing with a dead situation in our lives that has been there for some time. Maybe some of us here in this house are facing something that has been there for some time. Death and decay have set in. And it is a very dry situation. It's a very dry situation. Have you ever been in a dry place? Have you ever been... In a dry place. Have you ever felt that you are in a drought? And it just seems to be as you see people advance around you, it's difficult for us to understand why we're going through what we're going through at that particular moment. As we see people around advancing and people being blessed, and we find ourselves in a dry place, spiritually or emotionally or relationally. That, that as you think of it, a sense of depression even wants to come and overtake you because it's not something that just happened. Rather, you've been dealing with it, and you've been dealing with it, and you've been dealing with it. It was an ongoing issue, something that had just taken place and gone on and gone on. And the truth is that it can be draining to be in a dry place because you and I are still required to do life. We're still required to go to work and we're still required to raise the kids. We're still required to pay the bills. We're still required to go to church while we are dry on the inside. It is a place where there is no life, but, but I'm grateful for what God speaks through the prophet Ezekiel. I'm glad that through Ezekiel, God lets his people know that they will not be in this place forever. God lets his people know that they will not be in this condition forever. God lets his people know that they will not be in this state forever. I am so glad that David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. I love that he didn't say, I will pitch my tent there. He didn't say, though I live in the valley. He said, though I walk through the valley. It's just a season. It's just a time. It's just a moment. It is just a point that you are at. It's just a point that we are at. But I have to understand that I'm walking through it. You have, to, you have to be encouraged through the word that tells you, you that is not your dwelling place. That is not your home. That is not where you will stay. You will not live there forever. Rather, it's just a moment. I'm walking through it. God lets his people know that you will not be in that situation forever. And in this dry place, in this place where there is no life, God has a word. 
God has a word. I'm grateful for the word that is over our future. I'm grateful for the word of the past. I'm grateful for the word of the present. But I'm also grateful for the word of the future that reminds me that no matter how dead the situation can be, that reminds me that even when there is no hope, that reminds me that when I feel alone and that reminds me that when I'm down and out, there is no place that he will not go. There is a word for the dryness in your life. There is a word for the area inside of you that you are struggling with that, that, can, that can all of a sudden just come in. If, if he can speak the word in heaven and earth are for, would be formed, he can speak a word into your condition. He can speak a word into your life today for that thing that hasn't been resolved, for that thing that you haven't been able to find the solution for that instead progressed into something worse and went from bad to worse and worse. And, and now you find yourself looking at it and saying, how did I get here? How did I ever, ever arrive to this point? There is a word that can still come to you. There is a word that can still come to you. God sends a promise that though they are desolate, isolated, that though they are forgotten, God says uh, you won't be like that forever. You won't be like that forever. Amen. While it was a continual theme in the Old Testament, God's word shines through. His word always does. God's word shines through that though they feel discouraged, though they feel disappointed, God says, I love you too much to leave you there. I love you too much to leave you there. Can you understand that today? Can you understand that today? That right, as, right where you're at, that God loves you too much to leave you in the state that you're at. That, that he sent his only son, that, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. That he says that I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. And he's not just talking about in the next life, but he's talking about here on earth. Do you know that there's a God that loves you that much? That much. God shows him, shows Ezekiel the bones, the old dry bones, and he asks Ezekiel the question, can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? God prompted Ezekiel as he is seeing this, as he is seeing this unfold, is there any hope? Can these bones live again? And that may be a question in your life today, in your heart today, and in your mind today. Can this dead thing, can my dead hope Come back to life again. Can the, the dead joy that, that once was come back to life again? Can it happen? And we ourselves at times begin to doubt God's power because it has been a progressive condition. And we say that if God were going to do it, he would have done it a long time ago. But now in the condition that it's in, there is absolutely no way that, that restoration and that hope could ever come. And we ourselves doubt God's power and put boundaries on him. So let's look at what's taking place in this valley. It was a hopeless situation. And he says the hand of the Lord came upon him, caused him, and he goes all around. He goes all around the valley. He is evaluating the circumstances. And we understand that God transported Ezekiel to this valley 
of dead Israelites. And there are those that believe that it, this took place in the Kibar River Valley. And there are those that, that believe that, that it took place in the Valley of Dura. And the, that these bones were the remains of those uh, that were slain by King Nebuchadnezzar. That still others believe that this could have been the, the bones of the child of Ephraim who had been slain, slain by the men of Gath. And, and regardless of where this valley takes it is, regardless of what is taking place, what is true is that Ezekiel is there. There are dry bones that have been there for a very long time. And God is asking this man, can these bones live again like unburied skeletons these these bones are there in a state of living death pinning away with no end to their judgment inside they had all they had lost all hope they had lost all glimpse or all glimmer of hope that that something would take that some change would occur. Do you feel like that at times that you're asking yourself, could this change? Could I stop feeling this way? Will I ever be able to let this go? And the scripture makes it clear from the human perspective that there was absolutely no way. That there could be life. Again, they were dry and no life remained in them. No created power could, could restore human bones to life. God alone had to do it. God alone had to do it. God alone had to do it. They're dead. And having clearly in, this, in, in mind the picture of these corpses just there, the picture of lost hope, the picture of I'll never Never feel happy again. The picture of the, the, res the restoration that seems too far-fetched. Ezekiel is asked, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can you imagine the conversation? Can you imagine what is taking place in this moment? And while Ezekiel saw the powerlessness help of these people, of these dry bones, he didn't despair. He, he asks God, he says, he tells him, oh God, only you know. Oh God, only you know. While that question is somewhat rhetorical, Ezekiel's answer was not one of uncertainty. No, Ezekiel said, you know what, I'm going to throw the ball back to your court, God. You're asking me, can these bones live again? And I'm, I'm telling you, only you know. So in other words, if God desired, if you desired, Lord, life would be given. And that should be the mindset of every believer in this world, that we worship a God who knows all. We worship a God that is everywhere. We worship a God that can do everything. We worship a God that knows it all from the beginning to the end, the alpha and the omega and everything in between. Some of us here face the same predicament that Ezekiel faced on that day that we're looking at this dead circumstance in our life. And we're looking at a hopeless circumstance and challenge and dilemma. We look at the road ahead and we see what used to be. And we see what used to be there. We see a relationship that dwindled and now is just fragmented. We see a career that, that has struggled and now is fragmented. We see a spiritual life that now is fragmented. And it is just a picture of what used to be. 
what used to be dry bones of the strength that we once had. Dry bones of the joy and, and the tenacity to be able to praise God like we once used to. It's not something that has just happened, but rather time has gone by and the condition never was dealt with and the condition never became better. It's a progressive problem that has become worse. And you hear the question that Ezekiel heard in that graveyard. Can these bones live again? Can I ever get out of this? Can I ever be restored and can I ever be healed? Can I ever be saved? Can I ever be delivered? Can I ever be better than I, what I am right now? Can these bones, can these bones live again? Can once what, what once was come back? That's what you're asking yourself perhaps. And while I'm here, and while I'm here, let me, let me, go off and tell you that these bones represented the whole house of Israel. It was not just one person. It was not just one family. It was a group. It was a family. It was the whole house of Israel. Can I talk to you for just a little, little bit about the power of many? Can I tell you that we are better together. Can I tell you that we're better together? The Bible says that one could chase a thousand, but that two could chase 10,000. There is power in coming together. Jesus said, where two are gathered in my name, there will I be also. He is talking about unity. That's why it's important to come together. That's why it's important to get dressed, put our clothes on, and look good, and come into the house of God, not just because it is a religious requirement, but because there is power when God's people come together. The Bible says that he dwells, he, he dwells, he inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people because the truth is, let me just say it, yes, I can praise God at home just as I am. I can listen to uh, his word right at home. I can praise him as I'm washing dishes. I can listen to his word as I am going to work. But, but David said, I was glad when they said unto me, he didn't say I was mad. He didn't say I was sad, but he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. <laughs> yeah, let us go. Let us go. Can I tell you that sometimes it's hard to go. Sometimes my body hurts and sometimes uh, there's all hell breaking loose at home and sometimes it's hard to go. Sometimes it's hard to go, but I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Sometimes I have to tell myself, you are going to get up. You are going to go to church. You are going to give God the praise because he alone is worthy. I may not feel like it. I may be discouraged right now. They may have talked about me last night. I may have chaos dealing that I'm dealing with in my family, but I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. I am going to go. Why? Because I need to be in a place with other believers. I need to be in a place with other people that can come into agreement with me and say, I am facing all kinds of trouble at work and at home, and I need you to get in agreement with me. I need you to believe God with me me. I need you to pray with me. I need you to serve with me. I need you to believe that God is going to do what only God can do. Uh, uh, come on. That's why the devil would rather fight us in here than out there because there is power when God's people come together. There is, there is nothing. 
I need to be in a place. I need to be in a place with other believers. That's why the psalmist said, behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For the, there the Lord commanded the blessing. There the Lord commanded every time we come together. Come on. I'm going to preach you happy this morning. Every time that we come together, every time that we come together, there is something incredible that happens in the atmosphere. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I feel my help coming. So God tells Ezekiel, can these bones live again? He says, oh, God, only you know. Only you know. I don't know if this could ever get better, God, but, but I serve the God that can do it all. I serve the God that, the, that knows no impossibilities. I serve the God that knows no boundaries. I serve the God that took nothing and made it something. I took the God that saved my soul and took the cloak of heaviness off my back. I serve the God that took the, the load that I couldn't bear. I know that he is a heavy load sharer. I know that he is is a burden bearer. I know that he's a bridge over troubled waters. I, I know that he is my bright morning. So I know that he can do anything but fail. I know only you know God. Only you know God. Only you know God. Prophesy, he said to these bones, oh, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put flesh on you. I will cover you and that you will know that I am God. So when God prompted Ezekiel, Ezekiel responded and declared the word that was spoken. Are we declaring the word that was spoken? Are we declaring the word that is spoken over our lives? Or simply defaulting to the word that is spoken on social media. Are we declaring whose report will you believe? Whose report will you? I, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe what his report says. I choose to believe what he says. Ezekiel declared the word, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. How many are ready for a noise in your life? I, I'm ready for in your spirit. I'm not just talking about on the outside. I'm talking about on the inside, something that has been dead, something that has been sun-dried, something that has been bleached, and you are ready for a change. You're ready for revival to start on the inside. You're ready for a new joy, a new season, a new day. You're ready for something new to come into your life. All of a sudden there was a rattling that took place. There was a noise and the bones came together. Can you imagine what this looked like? Ezekiel preaching in a cemetery. 
how ridiculous it would have looked to any other person that was there. But, but Ezekiel simply did what God told him to do. There comes a time where I have to do and I have to declare what God has said. There, there comes a time where I have to declare his living word over my circumstance. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, that you would speak to the mountain. Not that the pastor would speak, not that a ministry leader would speak. No, he said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, that you could speak to the mountain and tell it to be moved, and it will be moved. Sometimes I just have to open up my mouth like the woman with the issue of blood that said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just get to the, through the crowd, and if I could just overcome the obstacles, and if I could overcome the bad doctor's report, and if I could overcome the person that's telling me I'll never be better, if I could just get to where Jesus is, I will be whole. Ezekiel preached, or he declared the word of the Lord, should I say. And all of a sudden, the bones start assembling. All of a sudden, he's speaking life, and he's declaring what God has told him. He speaks, and this is also part about it. He lets God do the work. You don't see Ezekiel run and try to put people back together. You don't see him try to connect the bones. He lets God do the work. It's a, it's a reminder for me that I can't do the work, that he has to do it. Ezekiel spoke, and they came to life. The Bible says, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them the skin had covered them but there was no breath in them he said prophesy to the breath the breath came from the north the south the east to the west the winds came there was spirit all of a sudden in them the hebrew word for breath is ruach it's the exact same word that is used for the holy spirit it is god's spirit in us that brings us back to life. It is his spirit that raises us. It's his spirit that enables us. It's his spirit that quickens us. It's his spirit that empowers us. And he said, so I prophesied as he commanded. I told the, the winds to come from the four directions. And they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. God's power can change any situation. If the worship team will come. God's power can change any situation. With his power, anything is possible. No situation is hopeless. God's power gives life and gives strength. Romans reminds us that God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. We live in complete Incomplete dependence upon God to save us from our hopeless situations. From what you're facing this morning. From what you've been struggling with for some time. From your situation that has progressed. And, and when it first happened, you prayed and you said, God, can you show up? And do what only you can do. And then the second day you pray the same prayer, the third day and the fourth and the fifth, and it seems like nothing was taking place. The situation that 
God paints in Ezekiel is a situation that had been there for some time. No skin initially, just skeletons. Why is this important? Because sometimes we deal with things that never seem to get better. There are things that you may be facing this morning that you've prayed for and you've prayed for and you've prayed for some more and it seems like there is nothing that is changing. Rather, as the days go by, you lose hope. As the days go by, you say, you give up even more. And some of us in this place may have already thrown in the towel. And said, it won't happen. And said, it won't happen. But we believe in a God who can do all things. The Bible says in, in our scripture that he says, I will open up your graves open up your graves and come. There are situations that you may have buried. There are prayer requests that you may have buried and said it'll never happen. And God says, I will open up your graves. We, we serve the resurrection and the life. He says, and when all of this is done, he said, you will know you will know that I am God. What does that mean? You will know me like you've never known me before. You will see a different aspect of me and you will see a different side of me. You see, and that's important for us to understand because when we say, God, I want to know you better, sometimes a problem has to occur for us to understand him a little bit better because if I were never sick I wouldn't know that he is a healer and if I were never lonely I wouldn't know that he is the God that is with me at all times it sometimes it takes a problem sometimes it takes a circumstance for us to know who he is but rest assured this morning rest assured this morning that for you that have lost hope for you now you can't seem to see the light at the end of the tunnel. There is a God who sees the details and the specifications of what you're facing. And I believe that he can raise some things. Like your joy. Why is that important? Because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So why do you, sometimes we find ourselves weak because we see that our joy has been zapped from circumstances, from just dealing with life. If you've lived a while, you've lived a while, you've been through some things that could easily steal your joy, but God can raise that back up today. And I'm believing for it. And I'm believing for it. And I declare that there will be dead things that come back to life in Jesus' name. And maybe in this place, right here in this moment, you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. Yeah, he's your, he's your parents, God. 
but is he yours? I love the story of Abraham and Isaac because he's referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac. But then Jacob has an encounter with him and he is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not just the God of my grandfather. He's not just my dad's God, but he's my God too. Is he your, is he your God? Is he your God? I want to invite you to close your eyes wherever you're at. Maybe you want to make a first-time decision to make Jesus. This miracle-working God who does do great things, but the greatest of it all is when he died on that cross for us. Your shame, your guilt, your sketchy past, all of it was nailed to that cross. Your hurt, your shortcomings, that too. So in this place, if you feel God tugging at your heart and you say, God, I'm tired of fighting you. I'm tired of resisting. I'm tired of trying to do things my own way. God, but I, in this moment, I surrender my life to you. With every eye closed, I want to invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. We want to pray together with you. We want to pray together with you and believe that God can show himself strong in your life. So everybody at the sound of my voice, please pray with me. Lord, I admit, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. I confess you as Lord, as King, and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise for everyone that accepted him today? Come on, Impact City Church, we can praise God better than that. Come on, Impact City Church, we serve a God who can do some incredible things. I want to invite everyone to stand for just a few moments. What about you? What about you this morning? What about you? that are hurting on the inside? What about you that's frustrated on the inside? What about you and what you've been dealing with with some time? God wants to work in your life also. God wants to work in your life also. So we're going to enter a moment of worship. And if you feel to come to this altar, I'd love the opportunity to pray for you. If not, I'm going to invite you right where you're at, that we're going to enter in this moment of worship, and we're just going to thank God for who he is. We're going to thank him for who he is, and we're going to thank him for what he is doing in our lives right now. So as we enter in this moment of worship, Father, we thank you. We thank you. 
you are the God that is more than enough. We thank you that you are the God that is more than enough. Thank you that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God of the too difficult. Lord, and in this place, some of us are at the end of our rope. Some of us are on the brink of giving up. God, you see all things. And you can work in all things. Right now, I declare your word that is true. Your word that is powerful. Your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word that can accomplish in one instant what we could never do in a lifetime on our own. We declare your word. The same word that created the heavens and the earth. The same word that brought it all into existence. The same word that Ezekiel declared over this graveyard. God, we speak to the graveyards in our hearts. We speak to the graveyards in our minds that have been bogged down by anxiety, by worry, and by stress. We speak, God, right now to the barriers and to the obstacles that have stood in the way of you accomplishing what you want to do in our lives. God, right now, I declare your power. I declare your glory. I declare your strength. I declare your healing. I declare your deliverance. I declare your restoration. I declare your, your provision in this place today. There is nothing too difficult for you right now. God, I pray that you make a way where there is no way, that you open doors that no one can open and that you close doors that no one can close. I pray right now, God, that you would show yourself strong in every believer's life, in every circumstance and in every situation in the parts of our lives that we have given up God that you would show up and say I can do it I can do it I can do it that you would show up as you are notorious for doing God that you would show up and just do an incredible work right now in Jesus name I declare it done in Jesus name I declare it done I declare it done I declare that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper I declare that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I declare right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.